Jeez, we don't even own this building. Shazam! Oh, God. (laughs) Some weird sexual euphemism I've never heard before. Put some holes in your roof? Yeah, I guess. No, it's when you say Shazam! Again. By the way, I'm already recording, and that's how I'm going to say it every time we talk about Shazam! I have to say it like Shazam! Shazam! We're also we also gotta be careful out here because everything like is fire like not resistant. It's oh, fire. Yeah, as we up. drove out here, there was a fire. There was a fire <laughs> yeah. in front of us. <laughs> Fucking Santa Carlita. Yeah. Not a safe place for Shazam. I will stop. <laughs> you gotta stop. It's gonna it's gonna spread to the other houses. <laughs> oh, I do wonder boy. what your quote unquote best self would look like. Would it just end up being Zach again? <laughs> <laughs> I think my best self is Idris Elba. Is I? Uh, <laughs> that would be amazing if you said that and suddenly became Idris Elba. What would my best self be? I. What if my best self is one of the people from Cats? <laughs> well, my face is just kind of floating the wrong way, but I have very it's, flowy, elegant body. You are also Idris Elba, just Idris Elba from Cats. <laughs> Why are well, we doing- I knew we were soulmates. He actually didn't look as bad as the rest of them did. <laughs> the worst one is the main girl. Like, her face just looks like it's floating in the wrong part. It, it is. Oh, man, it's rough. Rough. They should never have given them human lips. I'm so happy. I think Johnny's right on that one. <laughs> I am so happy. I can't say where I work, but uh, where I work, I'm able to watch things on a big screen. Uh, and when Matt came out to visit, I forced him to watch the Cats trailer. In a full-blown, big-screen environment, he was quite disturbed. It was wonderful. So anyhow, welcome to After the Hype. With me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardis. My best self was Ken Marino. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Ken Marino is Ken Marino's best self. (laughs) (laughs) He disappears. He's like, yep, I'm here. (laughs) And Chewy Darcy. I'm really sad that my best self doesn't have genitals. I don't even need to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang it up. Uh, that's it for today. Now I'm out of <laughs> And now for a review system of this bit. <laughs> I'll give it's it a gold. Mo- I'll give uh, it a moldy banana. <laughs> Not a bruised banana this time? No, the banana's been out there for a while. It's a healthy banana. <laughs> so Shazam. Oh, boy. Uh, is the movie we'll be talking about after we do a very quick Where Have You Been Doing? I don't know why I'm going full purred happily on this one, but uh, apparently I am. Uh, so where have you been doing? I've been watching Parks and Rec. This is not a bit. I actually uh, have been watching Parks and Rec. Maybe that's why I'm going full purred happily with stuff. Uh, I decided to start rewatching it not that long ago, maybe a few weeks, and about two-thirds of the way through it. Up to this point, it has been very pleasant. I always really liked the show. Like it's, it was such such a good show. For a while, and then it just completely dropped he the ball in my brain. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> that one's yours. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, as we said before, I think like two, three weeks ago, when you hear babies crying now in the background of our episode, don't worry, they're fine. They're just closer than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? Uh, so I've been watching, or I have finished watching, The Boys from Amazon. We're so behind on this. Everyone is watching it, and we haven't even started. We watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, and I'm a little biased just because I've done some special feature stuff that hasn't come up on the on the actual X-ray yet. Oh, okay. But uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it this time. Because for the previous ones, I haven't been as interested. We did some stuff for Homecoming, and it's like, that type of thing isn't quite my bag in terms of entertainment. So. Is that the Julie Roberts show? Yeah, the Julie oh, Roberts okay, show. Sure. 
it was uh, really well done, but again, just not my not my cup of tea. And we've done some stuff for Goliath and all that before. So I was interested to see. And, I, you know, like a super violent superhero is kind of an edgy thing. I was like, let's see what, it, what it's all about. And it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. You know, I felt really kind of bummed and melancholy and uh, cynical at the very end of it. But because that's the take that the whole series has. Oh, yeah. But it was entertaining. It was fun. I like that Seth Rogen's doing another Garth Ennis thing. Like he, he knows that material pretty well. Yeah. And, and he's willing to not just remake it like he'll make it his own which is i think pretty impressive that i think is going to be the strongest part of the boys because uh from what i've read after watching this and i've talked to other people friend of the show johnny and some other folks about the actual comic and just how it's toned back and streamlined like taken out some of its more edge lord tendencies and really kind of focused it more okay so i i I don't i haven't read that so i don't really have that knowledge but it seems like from what people who have seen and read all of it are saying is that it's a much more cohesive, maybe more focused. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, Time and Peg is in there. It's, it's, that was really oh, fun. And his American accent's kind of weird. But uh, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Joey, what about you? Uh, I haven't really been able to do much this past week. So I'll just talk about the fact that Brian agreed to watch Grimm. I did on this show. Uh, you watched three episodes so far, right? Three or four. You watched I think the three. first episode. You watched the one with the bear. You watched the one with the bees. I think that's I think that's, it. I think that's, that's where you've gone so far. People, yeah. uh, and Brian being a grim virgin, I'm going to go with that. That's a frightening title. To <laughs> a grim virgin. <laughs> it's been a while since I rewatched it. It's been since I watched the initial pilot. I guess it's been another two years. I guess maybe year and a half. Uh, and I had even forgotten how starkly different the pilot was from the rest of the show. Uh, it just in the tone, the way they shot it, the color, the pacing, everything. It was just like they had very different technical team, it felt like, in the pilot. And and then Brian, you going and going like, I didn't know this was a procedural. Yeah, <laughs> it was had, really interesting. I thought it was more Monster of the Week, uh, like Buffy, where it's like, here's a monster. How do we defeat it? And it's more like, a monster murdered a guy. Let's solve that murder. Yep, it was the Somehow monster. Somehow I need to prove that he murdered that person <laughs> and not just be like, he's a bear man. <laughs> Except for the mom who could turn into an actual bear for some reason. Yeah, but he can't say that to people. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the that's the interesting part. That's the hook. He knows this, but you can't tell it to everybody else because they'd be like, you crazy, man. I will say this. So far, I have enjoyed it. I uh, I can see the appeal. I don't know how much it has its uh, proverbial bear claws into me yet. Well, you haven't gotten into any of the like lore yet. The only no, thing you've seen is the key, but that's just a little moment when the ant gives him the key. You have no idea that the key is an overarching thing through the entirety of the show. Just be careful, though, because halfway through the season or the series, Aubrey Plaza starts really playing just herself. No, she's Ugh. not. <laughs> she's not in it at all. <laughs> She's not one of the random people from other shows we enjoy that's on the show. I will say that rewatching Parks and Rec has made me soften on my, my dislike of Arby Plaza a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the, I might enjoy her a little bit. Yeah. All I have to do is just throw on Inga Goes West and throw that right back just, in the other direction. Just try to forget you ever saw that movie. Oh, I hate that movie. Uh, Most people forgot that movie happened at this point. I wish I could. Speaking of uh, things that I, nope, I don't want to forget this movie. I love this movie. Shazam! 
Again, the roof. <laughs> Bringing it down. Yeah, should I uh, should I throw in a sound effect of a lightning strike yeah. every, every single time? time? Yeah. Our cell phones are charged. Our because essentially in the edit Zoom you'll be like why? Because in the edit you'll be like why did I agree to this? Yeah. This and as a- we're listening, we're like why did you do this? <laughs> so it all it's like synchronous. Halfway through the edit, it's just gonna stop because I'm gonna be tired of doing it. <laughs> uh, ran out of power. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Shazam, I can do a very, very quick breakdown. Um, Shazam's movie came out earlier this year. It stars, uh, Zachary Levi, Levi, is it Levi or Levi? Levi. Levi. Levi? I don't know. Chuck. It starts Chuck. It starts Chuck. Chuck and a kid from It. Um, but no, so it stars Zachary Levi and, uh, fuck, I'm forgetting everyone's names. I shouldn't have done this. Mark Strong. I was going to say Sinestro. Um, he was also Sinestro. Yeah, right. and, uh, and Zachary Levi was also what's his face in Thor. Yeah, who remembers? Who Never remember his yeah. name. Robin Hood. One of the other ones. <laughs> um, the not Thor in that movie. Uh, so yeah, it's a movie about a kid who uh, gets powers from a wizard. To whenever he says the magical word Shazam, uh, he becomes a superhero. But he's still a fourteen-year-old kid in an adult body. This might sound a little familiar if you've ever seen the movie Big. Um, <laughs> and basically, he. Learns to become the best superhero he can be, gives his powers to his family so that they can all be superheroes too, which is awesome. Uh, they defeat Might Strong because he wanted power for undisclosed reasons, which might be my biggest problem with the movie. Um, and everyone saves the day, and Mr. Mind uh, teams up with Mark Strong at the end. And if you don't know, Mr. Mind is a talking caterpillar. Uh, I love this movie, and I, I don't really know how else to say that. I, and then I just really loved this movie i mean it touches on all your key things it really does do you you want to go to brian's heart find a young youthful male do good lord (laughs) (laughs) do an origin story have it be a little bit about family and how that is dramatic and then have him also be a superhero all right you're winning brian loves this I'm not wearing a Batman shirt right now. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I like superheroes. Sue me. It's like it's a, not just that. You love coming of age movie. I and do this love is coming com- of age. And this isn't just an origin superhero story. This, this is, is like a coming of age superhero story. This is the perfect like joining of coming of age at the same time as coming as a superhero. Like yeah, becoming a superhero. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of what I miss from Spider-Man. They put it into this movie. I, I, I'm going to do later on in this episode, uh, I don't know how, at what point exactly, because I kind of made my own mental show 14 notes. minutes and 23 seconds. Thank you. Uh, exactly at that moment. We're not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about the comparisons between this movie and Marvel, because I think this is where we finally have struck that, oh, this is what we're doing differently. Because I think Aquaman borrowed some pages out of Marvel's book. Uh, this is the first time I'm like, I don't think this one really used a single play out of their book. I don't think. I could be wrong, but we'll get into it. The, yeah, comes... I know exactly where I feel like it might have been a little Marvel-y, yeah. but also had its own tone. You know what? We're here. Let's just do it. Then we'll move into the movie after that. What What is the moment that you think the... The most Marvel-y movie or moment in this movie is the bus uh, sequence when he's saving the bus. When sure he makes a mistake, which honestly doesn't really happen in the Marvel movies too much. They don't make mistakes. That's, with their I was, that was, you already got my counter argument, but okay. <laughs> uh, but he has to save people in the bus, and it's a very dramatic moment, but they make it funny the whole time. But they make it funny with a twist in this DC movie where you still feel the peril of the moment 
which is the difference between the Marvel movies where you kind of forget the peril during their comedic moments. In this one, it's more of a, it's a 14-year-old kid. He doesn't know how to save anyone on this bus. Like, it's good. They're all about to die. The humor but it's is, funny. The humor <laughs> is working with the character development here. Yeah. Which is almost never the case with Marvel movies. I mean, there are well, some where they do better at it, but like... Yeah, there's... The, but like, movie to movie, there are some that do better, yeah. But like, that's the thing, is like, this one, it has its funny moments, which are very funny. It has its charming moments, but it's also not afraid to be serious, and it's really not afraid to have those really great superhero movie moments that we haven't had since like the early 2000s. Like, I always go back to uh, Spider-Man 2, like when they knew when to pull back and be serious. Like Sam Raimi nailed it every time. Yeah. And this movie did the same thing. Like this one, like I, I think this is the movie that I loved as much, not maybe not as much as Spider-Man 2, <clears> but it's that same level. Like that was exactly what I wanted a comic book movie that I haven't had in such a long time. Well, and it's, it's interesting to see people's reactions to this movie being kind of surprised that like there's scary moments in this and that there's really serious moments and that there's just such a, a much more extreme element to all those. Yeah. But that was what people really feel nostalgic about for movies in the eighties. Like, yeah. the, like those movies that when you look back, like, wow, that was dark. It's like, yeah, wow, this was dark, but kids can handle, this was the type of thing that kids can handle. It level. wasn't like, cause it's, I, I don't want to say it's a kid's movie cause it's no, not. no, but, they, but it has left it, it at PG 13. It has for that, a reason. that element though. It has that like, where yeah. it's like, it's sca- just scary enough. It's got that horror element, which just gives it such a unique feel. But then, like especially calling out the scene where the mother rejects Billy yeah. Batson, like I was, dep- I got I got really affected by that while I was watching it. I had to step away for a little bit because it was like the movie could go there, you know. And I know we keep harping on Marvel, but they seem to be kind of in this kind of heightened sense. They're always up here, kind of a little bit above, where it's like the jokes are coming, we're serious, but the jokes are coming. We got to keep riding that high a little yeah. bit. Like we're, one- we're on that we're on that two hour bender. We're, we're gonna. Laugh. We're gonna not. No, we're not gonna really cry. But we're gonna laugh. We're gonna kind of feel a little sad joke. This was like we're gonna make you feel sad. Oh yeah, and like this one, it was unafraid to do it. And like that entire sequence between him as him and his mom, I think is probably the best acted sequence of the entire the entire movie. Which is too bad because Zach's not in it, and I think Zach is wonderful, and I'm very excited he has this movie. But that kid, I, I don't think the you have to give that moment to the kid. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Because, yeah, in the end, because that's who this character is. I mean, I love Zachary's performance. He's great. But we're supposed to be focusing on him being a kid. Yeah. And if, yeah, if he had been Zachary, it totally would have been deflated. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Like, if it was Zachary in, like, some sort of disguise trying to find his mom, like, it it wouldn't have worked. And, I mean, I don't think Zach could pull off a a dramatic scene, no problem. Like, I've seen, I haven't seen every episode of Chuck, but I've seen enough. Like, he can do serious moments. He's great. But that's the um, thing is, like, you still believe that he's the same, like, that those two characters are exactly the same because Zach is able to kind of be the wingman to this kid's performance here and yeah. really pay it off in every step, even as his action hero self. He brings the kid up a lot because I don't yeah. think the kid does a great job in really any sequence but the one with his mom. I think the kid is good. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah. he does a very, very good job. Uh, he wasn't miscast. I think he was, he was, very, very good. I just don't think he's the strongest actor in the world. I think the kid who plays Freddy is leaps and bounds. Like that, that kid is amazing. Especially you go yeah. to it and then to this, such starkly different characters. He's great. And to have such like presence on screen, like yeah, it does overshadow him quite a bit in the beginning. Yeah. And then like just moving forward, we're going way out of order on this thing, like crazy, but whatever. But like when you go <laughs> later on in the movie, when uh, when the adults, when all the kids get their adult personifications the uh i think the girl who did darla was that megan good i want to say i don't know. believe names. it was megan good i think she did a great job and then 
the one who does the absolute best is Adam Brody. I was surprised. Adam Brody, how the fuck they got Adam Brody to keep his mouth shut about being in this movie, I will never know. I'm sure it had to do with uh, also how like, something with a truck of money in his front door. But I feel how like this he's wasn't spo- just a really good cameo, but without being a cameo actor, I feel like he's done it in more than one film for me. Sure, but this didn't feel like a cameo to me. Well, that's why I said being yeah. a cameo, kind of, because he's famous. Everyone knows Adam Brody. Yeah, that's usually why they call it a cameo. But he's he's he doesn't feel that way. No, like because in Shazam two, when that comes out, because apparently they're trying to make that thing as soon as humanly possible, uh, he will be a major character. Like he will, he will be in the movie far, like way, way more in the next one. I think that's great because he, like, just the mannerisms of Child Freddy to Adult Freddy are the exact same. Like Adam Brody got his laugh down, he got like facial tics down, like he yeah. got everything down perfect. Where it just it felt like it was the same character, and even the casting was great. He even looked like a grown up version of him. I thought yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was very interesting approaching this 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 movie. With absolutely no knowledge, having seen all the ads, and yet still being surprised by so many moments of this movie. They, the marketing did a fairly good job on this. The you had gi- no idea the Marvel family was coming. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, whole, the whole family of Shazam people. I was like, <laughs> my God. That w- I was hoping they would do that. Other movies don't do this. Yeah. Where I was like, just, you have the power. They have the power. There's a stick. Give it to them. And it's like, oh, he's doing that. Yeah, they have the powers. Oh, this has ram like this has ramifications. This can balloon out and get out of control. That's kind of cool. Uh, also, had one of my favorite actual comedic moments of the whole movie. What was that? Say my name, oh. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the other name. <laughs> that is one of those moments. Like as it's happening, like they're gonna say Billy. They're gonna say Billy. <laughs> oh, they said Billy. Of course they said Billy. <laughs> and and it's amazing. <laughs> It is so weird to see something like this where all of its emotions on its sleeve, but do so deftly. Uh, yeah. That's a very hard line to toe, especially with so many superhero movies, just in general. We have so many of them. This is like it. I was very surprised at a lot of points in this movie. And we still have a fairly young director at the helm here. Like, he hasn't done a ton. Like, he did a lot of short films back in his home country. David F. Sandberg. I was going to say it. I know his name. Uh, but he. Uh, he, he yeah, so he made some short films and then he got uh all based on one of his short films he got lights out when James Wan produced that and that movie was okay I remember we saw it in theaters and I remember just kind of going hey, it was all right it was a better trailer than it was a movie it was a better it's, short like the yeah, short was amazing short. Yeah. short was freaky as hell um and then the movie was okay and then he did Annabelle creation which was good. Oh, I loved Animal Creation. Yeah, I, I remember watching that going like, okay, he's growing a lot. And then I heard at that point he had Shazam. I'm like, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. And this is a guy who's coming from making movies with his wife in a bedroom who got lucky. And now he made what I think is one of the best balanced superhero movies. And I don't even know how long. Like the balance of like the emotions, the comedy, the action, the story. Uh, it's perfect. I, perfect is a strong word. But you, close. About as close to perfect as you can get, I think, for this style of superhero movie. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I you thought he did correct. an amazing job. I don't know how else to build off that. It's just he, he gets the wonderment like we you were talking about with the 80s, uh, the wonderment and the danger, kind of like of youth in a way. Yeah, and like one that, of the things like he was able he was able to touch on three tropes for youth in this movie. Uh, he daddy issues, mommy issues, and who is my family? Yeah. Because I mean, 
it's just so many times when you become a teenager, your hormones are going nuts and you're trying to figure out who you are. And a lot of times you start watching these movies where kids are like, you're secretly a royal member. This isn't your real family. You are actually something, something. This is your true family. This is where you really belong. And it's just, it's a very common trope. And he plays with all three of those where we have the evil guy, Dr. Sivana or Thad, which I actually love that name. Uh, Sinestro. Whatever. (laughs) And he's got his daddy issues where his dad always put him down, didn't think he was a man. Blamed him for being paralyzed. Yeah. And then you have the main killer. Killer. What what was that? Billy Kid. Billy Batson dealing with his mom issues of, my mom didn't abandon me. She clearly wants me. She just hasn't been able to find me. And then, you know, having to figure out who his true family actually is and accepting that it's these people that he's not related to in any way, which is the type of thing where you feel like when you're a young kid, your friends understand you more than any of your blood relatives do. Yeah. And especially with just our current generations and everything, that happens a lot. I, I think that I think that might be why I, I attach myself to the movie as much as I did because I, I love my family. Do not get me wrong in any way, shape, or form. They're they're wonderful people, and I'm very close to them. But we also moved across the country from them. Yeah. I don't live anywhere near any of my family members, so a lot of my friends have de facto become my family uh, because I just don't have the capabilities mm-hmm. to be next to everyone like I wanted to. And because of that whole chosen family, and that becomes a thing here where he. Did not choose to be in this house, but he chooses to call them family. Yeah, he because he, he could just keep running away. He could. That and, was his mo. And like the the little like they they don't really pray so much before dinner, but they kind of have their their thing before dinner. We're all hands in. They, I still like to call it a woe Bundy, but that dates me. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they have that moment where I I, I like I don't remember the exact quote because I wasn't writing down a quote because um, I know the quote. It put a hole in John's roof though, so I won't say it right now. Um, <laughs> But there's that whole thing where he talks about it. He's like, I think I might stay for a while. And just like that look around the family of like, yeah, he just chose his family. And like he fully realizes these are his brothers and sisters now. These are his parents and he's in. And I love that moment. I think the kid sells it. I think the family sells it. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't think the I, – I before we rewatched it, I didn't. But I don't think the, uh, the foster dad is the greatest actor in the world. But, I mean, again, these are very tiny complaints about yeah. the movie. I think he does fine. He just – well, yeah, <laughs> he, he kind of gets stuck with the aw shucks moments, which is yeah. never really great for an actor. No, no. And and that's kind of, yeah, if, if I had to pick, it's it's that kind of any of the extended kids, like everyone kind of in that foster house that isn't Billy Batson and the main kid, uh, Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they kind of get short shrift of everything else. Oh, Darla, I thought, got a pretty, share, pretty fair she, shake. She got a fair shake, but like at, at the same time, you can tell that. Like you want more of that? Like there's yeah. there, there's a definite there's a definite lack of the guy them. who played Pedro Pina, the overweight who becomes the muscle man. I think he got the least yeah. to work with. So well, like he was also so supposed to be like quiet. Like his yeah. thing was not saying much. And that kind of didn't like for me didn't translate as well. So like when he got his moment to be superhero, it was like, uh, who is this one again? Like I, I yeah. had a moment of just like got confusion because I know I knew Adam Brody and then. You know, Zachary Levi, and I was like, that, those are the people, and then the two girls. But then who is this extra guy? Like, I could, I could never remember. Yeah, yeah and that they was did the... the Power Rangers thing, the whole movie, where they're all supposed to be wearing their colors. Yeah. They they, they tried to, to help out as much yeah. as they could, because they, they really... <clears throat> They really swung for the fences of like trying to have like the family establishment, but also just the friendship establishment. And because of that, the family kind of got left off a few too many times, 
which is a bit of a bummer, but it never it never fully took me out of the movie. Well, which is why it was cool that they did what they did, making all the other kids a part of the superhero yeah. thing. Because what that told me is like, just because we didn't get them now, if you get another movie, we are going to get them more. And, and like, we're going to give you that. It's just... And it, it kind of makes sense in the world of the story where uh, Billy never attaches himself to anyone. So the fact that he doesn't attach himself to really anyone in this family, so we don't get to know them because Billy's our point person, kind of makes sense. Yeah. So he really gets to know Freddy, so we get to know Freddy. He kind of knows Mary because she's the oldest, so we kind of know Mary. Darla forces herself into everyone's lives, right. so we kind of know Darla. The other two kids kind of stick to themselves, so we didn't get to know them. So it kind of like we get to know everything that Billy knows. Yeah. And I think just looking at it from that way, it was it worked. But as an audience member, it does kind of it goes against what you want to see, which is a little bit of like a. Or it's more, it's it's more not like a problem, but it is kind of a th- it sticks out. Yeah, it kind of sticks out. Like as far as a nitpicky self would go, like that yeah. would be a touch point where it'd be like, oh, okay, that kind of didn't didn't play as well. But yeah, I mean, but yeah. I can see the decision. Like I can see why they chose the way they went. Yeah, I just don't necessarily agree <clears throat> with it. And having someone be quiet or introverted is a tough one. It's a really Just, it's a tough it, one to even be interesting, no matter how good of a director you are, or filmmaker, just, or creative. Very much a cliche with that because he's yeah. quiet and he's overweight, and yeah. then when he gets into a superpower one, he's super muscular and looks very extroverty. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's I think there's two moments where they talk about how he likes to lift weights, mm. like when Darla has like her welcome to our house banner for Billy, he has weights on it. She's like, oh, his weights are here, and she has to move the weights off. And, mm, yeah. Like they. They tried. Like, you can see the effort. They can just, hint at it. Yeah, they just didn't fully But it was connect. the same yeah. level of hinting at the same thing I had with the production design in the house of, look at this really, like, poor family. They have a gigantic house with multiple children, and but there's holes in their walls. <laughs> what a shithole. Oh, it's kind of like the... It's uh, Hollywood poor. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's very the, Hollywood the friend's apartment. In yeah. The gigantic friend's apartment that they can only afford because it's somehow still under her grandma's name. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, um, you're poor, I get it. So, so I, I wonder if, we, if it, this is a good... What was that? There's a hand under the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this turned into a horror movie. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a cat. It was a human hand. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I wonder it if there's a. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is a good place to bring up the, the fact that like I didn't know anything about this going in. That there were some differences. Like this movie went in a different direction from just anything standard Shazam. And I I just know nothing about this. Not standard Shazam. It went, uh, it really followed New 52 Jeff John Shazam. Okay. It followed that almost to the letter. Like even the house they live in looks like the house they live in in the comics. Like they, okay. like they are right there. Same holes in the walls. Sure. Exposed brick. Sh- yes. Um, just because the, the paint's wearing off. We get it. <laughs> I mean- uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's chewy. The production designer. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's it actually works really well for the story in the way that it's a kids movie where it's a little heavy handed but also subtle at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah, it looks like Hollywood poor, but whatever. Like it yeah. doesn't really bother me. No, it's funny. Um but what I was saying is so yeah, like the, the Jeff Johns book, like it really follows that. Like the uh the end of the movie with Mr. Mind, 
uh, he mentions something about like we will rule the seven realms, and it's like, well, what are the seven realms? Yeah, they are currently in the seven realms in the book. Okay, like, like they they are like this feels like a prequel to the current run of the comic. Like that's how in line they are. Oh, really? Okay. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. Like the beginning of the current run of the book starts with Mister Mind breaking out of the Rock of uh, Eternity. Yeah. No. It's so. So then, do you do you see that this has then a good translation of that? Because having so, having gone into this movie with absolutely no knowledge whatsoever, there were, like a lot of things were just like. Oh, interesting. Cool. I want to know more. What's the like? I didn't feel like I was filling in the blanks. So no, much. and I, I don't think that it's necessarily a bad or a good interpretation of Shazam. It's its own thing, and I, I kind of like it for that. Okay, it, it really borrows a lot from the Jeff John stuff, which makes sense. He's a producer on it. Like it kind of makes sense that you'd follow his thing, and he also made Shazam popular again. So yeah, more props to him there. So um, then, uh, so because that's interesting. Because yeah, I didn't feel lost, even though I didn't know anything about it. I didn't feel lost in this, which I. It's hard to say for any of the other ones I've seen because I have some cursory knowledge of some of these things. Sure, yeah. But then, like when they get too out there, I, I start to get lost in the movies. I find starts to rely on it too much. I think that was kind of the downfall of the Green Lantern movie. Unfortunately, when we talked There's about a lot it, of downfalls on that one. But, but that yeah, one so. is like I just I was lost in space the whole time just because like there was a lot that they were expecting you to kind of do an autocomplete for. Well, that's, yeah. that reads back into, again, it being just a really good movie following established tropes. Yeah. Because it, it is what I was describing with, um. You, this is your family. Like, you secretly are a superhero, essentially. I mean, he was gifted those things. It's not like he was born that way, but it, it plays out the same way. Like, you yeah. have been chosen. You are this thing. You didn't know you were this thing, and now you are, and this is... Sorry, we have like a demon coming out of the door. <laughs> what? Karina, what is up? Um, are you done? Not yet. You will get to say something into the mic, I promise. The Karina demon. <laughs> Katie. I, I could tell her breath. <sighs> <sighs> um, so it's kind of like one of the reasons why I like Star Wars so much. I mean, I don't love this movie as much as I love Star Wars. It's on it, record. Chewie loves Shazam as much as she loves Star Wars. No. Even more. In three years, nope. she's changing her name legally to Shazam. No. It will be weird. No. <laughs> uh, lots of lightning bolts, guys. It's going to be a light show. Um, but it's just, it's just it's that deep-rooted archetype of discovery and being like your true self and your hero and your good and all those things you struggle with in your teenage years of am I this? And in this mo- in for Billy Batson, yes you are cuz he he's angsty at, beforehand and then he finds his way throughout the film. He also had the different thing with Thad of Thad never had a support system even though he had a family. Yeah. And Billy's the opposite. He has no family, but then he's given a support system. A very strong, loving, we will love you even if you run away family. And yeah. Thad never had that. That's true. Thad's family came with expectations. Yeah. I like the, the I love that line from this uh the the foster dad of Yeah, he's gonna run away and we'll be the first family to take him back. Yeah. Like I, I Thad's he, dad wouldn't. Nope. Thad's yeah. dad could not be he Any would, more different. He than, would have locked the door. Yeah. And like that's but I, I kinda love those moments in this movie. Like I I love the whole the whole movie's essentially in a way about love and about accepting and choosing your family. And the, those moments were like Thad never got that opportunity and then he ended up 
a total dick with a magic ball. He actually he thought he had that opportunity because the de- the seven deadly sins were all like, "Come find us," yeah. and he spent his entire life trying to find them. Yeah. And then it turns out he was just a vessel that he, they were going to get rid of later. My God, that the moment was Zach. Zach delivers that line so well of like like a fourteen year old. He just nails it. He's like, "Mister, I, I, I don't think these things have your best interest in mind." <laughs> <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's kind of cool. I want to piggyback off this, just the immediate previous previous point. Yeah, uh, just the setup of the difference between the hero and the villain. There seems oh, to be yeah. a, a shorthand that we've developed because we've seen so many origin stories, and everyone's sick of origin stories. But I think what people are sick of is the lack of this of the of the shorthand. The just using the stereotypes, the tropes, just to get to the actiony bits. Whereas this spent time establishing the opposites of the two heroes. Yeah, the hero and the villain just it spent time and i think that was a very valuable thing this movie did apart like at the expense of the more hero flashy moments at the end there was more of that establishment and i think that's actually what made this thing work so well yeah and it, it did it in a way that didn't call attention to itself yeah like it wasn't doing these like all right now we're getting to know thad like it's just kind of like th- you get to know thad first before you yeah. get to know billy yeah you get thad's whole lack of an origin right out of the gate and it, it plays with that idea of you're supposed to see the hero first it's like well yeah. he thought he was the hero right so like the movie was doing some really clever things with this and just yeah establish it i think that's yeah. what is important for these movies as we get so many of them is just if you can establish it first and build that foundation man we're gonna be there the whole way through like we're gonna yeah. be on that train we're gonna stay on the train and be happy happier for it well, that and there, there's this thing right now with a lot of superhero movies, like uh, take the other Captain Marvel that came out this year, which also I loved. Uh, for those of you who don't know, if you missed all the internet jokes, uh, Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel, and then due to whatever the fuck happened, I've tried to read it a few times. It looks like it got really complicated. He ended up Shazam, and somebody Captain bought somebody's, and then they decided to do this. Yeah, and added a copyright blah. money, copyright blah blah blah. Somehow Disney's involved. Shazam is Shazam now. Um, Either way, uh, you go to the other Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, and you have yet another origin story, and it's told very well. And if you're into these movies, you're going to like it. And if you're not, and you've just kind of been going to the, the superhero movies because they're the movies to see, you kind of went, eh, it's all right. But a lot of those people really liked this one because I think this one proved that you can still do origin stories and will still show up for them if you tell them in an interesting way. And I feel where Captain Marvel was a great movie, it didn't really have anything new to say or do with the comic book movie archetype. And this one really wanted to go like, we're going to lean heavily into horror. We're going to lean lean really heavily into coming of age. And it just did these things very, very well in a fun way. And it made us think of movies like Big. And it made us think of all the other uh, DC movies in a somehow now more positive light, even though these are movies that we've been shitting on for years. Well, I haven't, but most of the people have. And it, it's, it handled all of it in a way I didn't think was possible. Like it did it great and it made people actually enjoy it, which I think is awesome. It just speaks to stop trying to be like that other guy. Don't keep up with the Joneses. Figure yourself out. Yeah, and it took DC a little too long to finally, because they're like, we're going to do our own thing. Nobody likes our thing. We're going to do Marvel's thing. People kind of like it, but maybe we should do our own thing. And yeah. now I feel like, uh, Ryan, um, former co-host, thinks that started officially with Aquaman. I think it started here with Shazam. The idea was there with Aquaman. Yes. But here they fully leaned in. But with Aquaman, they definitely still had their 
their hand in Marvel's back pocket, just kind of like taking things here and there. Whereas this one took very little and was very much its own thing. Because yeah. even like these standard superhero moments of like, all right, we're both flying and we're going to attack each other. We're going to have our big speeches from over here. Oh, what a, what a, what a great moment. <laughs> When so I realized that still makes doing... me think of the Matrix more than it makes me think of Marvel. It honestly makes me think of Superman more than anything in Marvel. But it's still just like one of those very quintessential like superhero moments of like the showdown. And what? <laughs> Are you like forget this? A I'm speech? just gonna go. Are you making like some big evil bad guy? I see speech? your mouth flapping. <laughs> All I see is blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like miles apart, dude. <laughs> oh, whatever. Such an like such an organic joke, and I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll be the petty one. I, I do miss that in comic book movies. Yeah, the organic joke that comes from character and that just fits. Yeah, it's not there to be breaking the world. Like a lot of a lot of humor, and I'm not just gonna be shitting on Marvel now. A lot of humor, just in general, right now, we've kind of gotten the idea of like, oh, if you go against the grain, that's gonna make us laugh. And it, like a lot of times it yeah. does. But there's something about having an in-world joke that works. Yeah, that's just wonderful. And that, and, and that's to the other movies' credit, I get why they do it because if you just yeah. took that out, my God, it would be too heavy and it would be too much. And yeah. so, like, the humor in there worked. Like, it works in the technical sense that, like, we've just elevated, we've released some pressure. But, like, yeah. but we, you kind of are releasing the valve, like, often enough to where it's like, you don't, you weren't in the yellow, you weren't in the red yet. Well, like, it, we've, we've spoke about the deep moment when he meets his mom. Right. Uh, and that leads into the, the finale, the great, like, climax hurrah moment of the movie when he jumps off the roof. I would say but, one of the best shot things in any oh, comic book even even though it was Ever. in the trailer i was just like boom like it was still gives me emotional chills. punch when you're watching the movie but also <sighs> so good. uh when thad goes to his dad's boardroom oh it's such a that good scene. sequence is so it's so good it's it, so evil it's so it doesn't let up the whole time he's just it might be lifted directly out of dogma but that's okay it's fine <laughs> Whatever. But just like but imagine just, that played in a serious way. Like yeah. it just, And I also don't think it was directly lifted out of dogma. They're just similar. I'm not <laughs> He's it was still shot like a children's movie. Yeah. But that sequence when the receptionist dude goes over and he's like, Maybe I'll open the door. I'm gonna slowly and then you just have all the bodies against yeah. the opaque glass going help ah! and they all get ripped away like fog style yeah and, and it's just it's fantastic it's, it's awesome. true horror film schluck there and it doesn't let up when he gives his father to greed that's a heavy moment that that he all, kills his dad like <laughs> and he doesn't even watch like, yeah like just he the, just leaves. he's the carelessness it. of it is just oh and greed you can have him. He's been waiting to do that for decades. Uh, and even the beginning of it, I love the the way that scene kicks off of him with his brother. Yeah. Like just like the the outlook not so good and just like chucks him through the window. It's like Ugh. Oh man, this movie is kicking things off. And it does it like it And even the haircut. Like it, like yeah. just the hair looks like sleazy on the older brother. Oh yeah. Like, he's the same haircut from when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, but it's true. Like that scene has teeth and it's rough and it's scary. And it like it's like wow. Way to go, movie. Like I met like imagine Karina didn't watch this with you, right? No, no. But if if, <laughs> if she had, like during that sequence, do you think she would have been hiding under a pillow? Well, coming into bed at night and like having problems going to bed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's like you don't really see that 
in any comic movie. DC, Very. Marvel, whoever. You rarely see that in kids' movies. That's like a Leica thing almost right yeah. now. They were the only people making kids' movies with scenes like that. And then Missing Link happened. No uh, scenes And like no that. one saw Missing Link. I liked Missing Link. It, it just, was fun. It was all right. It's probably their worst movie, but it's not a bad movie. Yeah. Um, unlike Shazam, which is a great movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. That entire sequence is great. I just, I really like Mark Strong as a villain. Like, I love Mark Strong pretty much anywhere. But he mostly plays. He's not a villain in Kingsman. Oh, yeah. No, but while you're watching that, you're thinking, like, you should be a villain. You should oh, yeah, Picasso. you're waiting for him to become a oh, villain. Oh, my the God. Whole I movie. totally forgot. Like, he has the best moment in the sequel. There's a good moment in the sequel? I don't when he's that. standing on the bomb and he starts singing, like, oh, what is that, that John is, Denver song? That is a good sequence. <laughs> that movie sucks, but that's a good <laughs> sequence. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I normally kind of hate the typecasting thing, but in here, in this situation, it hasn't proven detrimental yet. Like, he oozes that conflicted evil. Yeah. That just through his act, that, like, through his presence, he's able to kind of have that duality of, like, he's the hero in his own story, you know, he, thing. Yeah, but yeah, be to- be to- Being a little dickbag about it. Yeah, he, he has the exact feelings and emotion that Hayden Christensen should have had in Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's like that exact, like... I've so it should have been Mark Strong the whole time yeah. in the prequel trilogy. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. It's like he's made up his mind. He knows it's wrong, mm-hmm. but he's also fine with it. Yeah. And Mark Strong nails that. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, people keep calling him supervillain. He doesn't flinch at it. He's like, yeah, if the shoe fits, I guess that's what I am. Whatever. And, <laughs> but you can you get that feeling from him. They call him a supervillain. He's like... I guess I am trying to kill children. The kid has a point. Yeah. Ugh, I just love that moment in the mall. Super villain! Super villain! <laughs> no Even one... again, when he calls him on the phone later, like, come home, Billy. Billy! Super villain! Super villain! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good moment. But seriously, if that... If you ever yell that in real life, no one's going to care. No. No, they sure wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I, I, the best yell of the entire movie... The entire movie is the last line in the movie. The very last thing is Freddy's <laughs> line. He goes, ah! <laughs> it just, it's so good. Yeah. Well, I saw that because I, as that scene was happening, he's like, I brought someone else in. I was like, who else could they possibly bring in this singular movie in a singular universe? Superman. Oh, like I did a mental <laughs> version of that gasp. I was like, oh, right. They're connected. It was so good. And like, I wish they could have gotten Henry for it, but I realized that DC is kind of in a weird place with Henry right now. And that's yeah. kind of a bummer. Um, but even just having the context of that suit yeah, in the high school just really kind of gives you a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, but it was it was good. Yeah. I, I think that has the, the best, because uh, I really hate the Spider-Man Homecoming ending, because uh, it's one where uh, Aunt May finds out he's Spider-Man, and she's like, what the fuck? And it cuts to Blitzkrieg Bop, yeah. music that the kids in that generation would never even have known about. Oh, they do. That that one that tracks entirely. I talked to people about that one specifically because it annoyed me. And the guy who had a daughter the same age as Spider Man in that movie is like, oh no, they love the Ramones. Okay, they had another really big research. It just for it, some reason for yeah for whatever reason it, it like the that Ramones. The Ramones it, are awesome. Yeah, dude, that's just another phase you go through in like being a teenager. Everyone goes through their punk phase. Well, true. Yeah, and there's only one good. But Spider Man is not Spider Man is not punk. Like that was always like. There's a punk Spider-Man. He wears a denim vest and he's got spikes on along his head. They're but not in, not in Homecoming. Sure. Okay. Yeah. At that point, so, you're right. <laughs> so as, as far as like the point being like the moments that feel false, the ending of that felt so incredibly false to me when I watched yeah. it. I was like, yeah, I didn't like this one as much. Whereas with this... Get excited for Far From Home. Yeah. 
Ugh, great. <laughs> Whereas this, when this when that happened and the, then the music happened after, like the it's the same exact moment between the two movies. Yeah. Shazam does it a million times better with a much better character Boy. moment and payoff that just chef's kiss times a yeah. hundred. Oh my God. Like I really liked how this thing ended and for movies like this, that the end for me, it kind of has to like, it's got to hit. And it's one of those, it's such a sweet moment. Like it's just very sweet because at this point they're cool. Yeah. Like they're so fine. Like they're all superheroes. They're going to start figuring out how to do it. They're yeah. going to start eating. They're changing their lunch times to sit together. Like, you can't. You don't have that freedom as a kid. You totally don't. But they're superheroes, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> They'll but, make it happen. They're superheroes. But like, it's just, it's just. I'd like in, to see them go up to their teacher and say that. All they have to do is say Shazam, and then like, <laughs> classroom's gone. Do what I say. Uh, <laughs> I want to eat lunch with my brother. And then the boys uh, come in and go, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so it's just kind of like the sweet moment of like the movie's done at this point. Everything's fine. But then you don't you don't know Superman's coming. You just think it's Billy finally doing what he said he would, even though he doesn't have to now, and they all know he doesn't have to. And you kind of have that moment where the kid who plays Freddy just nails it, just like that slightly embarrassed, like, oh, guys, you didn't have to do this. It's my best friend. Here uh, he is, Freddy. We've not, been friends forever. He taught me everything yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's the coolest kid ever. Yeah. It's just, like, just kind of sweet, and it's like, oh. And he, that's entirely what he's thinking. He's like, ah, oh, I love my brother. Holy shit, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that scene like four times, which is cool because in my rental on Amazon, I could do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can do it for like 30 more days, I think. I didn't pre-order the Blu-ray like the day I saw it. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Amazon rental. Uh, what haven't we hit in this movie? Is there anything that we've really missed? We didn't really talk a lot about the kids, but neither does a movie that feels like more of a thing for the sequel. Spent a lot of time on Mark Strong. You know what we didn't really talk about? And we definitely should. We didn't talk about Zach. We've just kind of mentioned yeah. that we. I would also it. talk about costumes. Zach and actually his costume is almost a character in the movie. They spent so much fucking money on that he costume. He is not that muscular, but he did bulk up for this movie. He did. You could see he, it on his face. You can see it in his face, and I don't think the costume was exaggerated too much to where he looked funny. Like, and I know they wanted the suit to look funny. He did look a little puffy. Like, if I stood next to him, I'd feel the urge to, like, poke him. Yeah, bit. but I, I don't think it was puffy to the point where you felt like he was wearing, like, a muscle suit. No. It's, that, not, it's not like... Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though that was real back then, which is scary. It is interesting, and why I also picked uh, for our where have we been doing the boys? Yeah, watch the costumes on that with that budget versus like the, this. They and you can see that for Shazam, they spent budget on this costume. Oh yeah, because the physique is believable, even if it's a little heightened. Just like okay, I could picture it, but the, like it never shows its seams. Where when you have a yeah. television show budget, like it kind of does, and it's very interesting to see how these shows and movies play the costume off. And Shazam you know, did a very good job. Well, Shazam, they really leaned into it a lot. And I think that was the right idea. Because what he wears is ridiculous. Like, he's yeah. always kind of worn a ridiculous. He's got the shorty cape. He's got, like, a yeah. big fucking lightning bolt on his chest. He's got, like, looks like power cufflinks. Like, he just looks a little ridiculous. And they could have done the modern superhero things. Thank you, Brian Singer, of, like, yeah, we realize that these costumes are ridiculous. Like, who wants Wolverine and yellow spandex? Fucking everyone, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're gonna put him in black leather and look cool. And ever He's since got some then, yellow stripes on his black leather. Sure, don't get me started on that. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still bitter. It's a, it's a black X with a yellow stroke on it, using Photoshop terms at I've, like three, at number three or four. I've had time to deal with this, and I'm still mad about it. But either way, <laughs> I'm mostly mad about it because of that. It rippled throughout all of comic book movies, yeah. and they always have to make them look a little bit more like cool. cool. And this one's just like, no. I do understand the sentiment. Because like if you had the power, if you had the tools to make him look cool, it's like I want this. I want to make it look cool. 
I would have a, you know, I'd have to rein myself in. Yeah. And that's, I think, where DC has started going like, man, people love these characters partially because of their costumes. Why would we take those away? Let's put Aquaman in his orange shirt and green pants, because why not? Let's put Shazam in his completely ridiculous suit. People will like it. And I think they're right 100% both times. Yeah. Uh, you've got two movies in a, in a row that have except, like made it work. Yeah, they made this completely stupid costume work so well. Yeah. And I, I think... The costume maketh the man. Yeah. <laughs> but I think partially, and this will bring it back to Zach, partially why both of them work so well is because the actors in them own it. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, Zach yeah. owned being Shazam. They clearly both love playing these characters. Yeah, They're not sure. just doing it because it's cool to be in comic book movies these days. No, no, I didn't get that from either one of no. them. But more so, not more so either way. But like, I want to spend more time talking about Zach. I could talk Aquaman all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you would believe that those two, those two actors together, would decide to play the Shazam thing in real yeah. life on people. Oh yeah, like, and that's kind of the thing that like I loved about Zach in this. It's like, and it's actually, I I think he loved playing this role so much that it takes me out of the movie just a hair. Because there's points where you can tell he's having so much fun just being this crazy su- uh, superhero, like when he's doing the floss thing. Uh-huh. A lot of times in like those uh, test videos, which I still think are great. I love the the secret fire test, um, <laughs> <laughs> teleportation <laughs> test, secret fire test. <laughs> um, but you you see almost not quite, but almost more Zach than uh-huh. Billy. Yeah, and those are the moments where Shazam does not feel like an adult version of Billy. It feels like. It is a different thing. It is playing in that territory that yeah. Ryan Reynolds plays in with uh, Deadpool. Where yeah, it's like the two are so like they're too similar to where it's like you can't tell the one from the other. Yeah, that it become it kind of takes you out, especially if you're in like the second movie where you're like, okay, I, I'm with you because I you know it's funny enough, but like, yeah, you can kind of see that seam. I'm just, I just started making a movie of Shazam and Deadpool hanging out in my brain, and it's amazing. Oh, that'd be a really maybe fun like, movie. Deadpool will just go up to Shazam and be like, ha, we're both boys in man's bodies. <laughs> I think Deadpool will just try to get him to say Shazam as much as humanly possible. <laughs> Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> so Zach was really good in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> but Ad- to, Adult to the, Zach was very good in this movie. Yeah, to the point that you were saying, though, uh, as long as he wasn't Zach, he was great. And I think the few moments where he flipped into being Zach instead of being Shazam were so few and far between yeah. that I'm kind of willing to let him have those moments because yeah. clearly he's having the time of his life and more power to him. It, it's a buy-in I accept for yeah. this movie. And it's exactly. about time in my brain. Cause he's he's like, great. He was amazing in Chuck and he has spent so much time being a proponent for geek culture and comic yep. books and really being a... He likes being a part of things. Even when Chuck was almost getting canceled and they were trying to find ways to crowd... Uh, Source. Not f- crown source the show. He went out there and he started a subway run with people, or he, I don't remember exactly where yeah. it went, but he hung out with the fans. Yeah, like he is all in. when he really loves something, he's all in. Uh, and it's nice to have him be able to play the, a crazier role because yeah. in Chuck, he, he he it's unfortunate like he's so good in it, but he gets to be the straight man, the reactionary to all these other crazy characters, and so like you can kind of feel after a while you're like you know. I bet Zach could do some crazy stuff if they let him. Yeah. And well, this lets him do some crazy stuff, I think. Like I they always let... thought Baldwin was more of the straight man in that show. But like the extreme version of it though. Like he's like he's always react like 
reacting side to these, these, conversation. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, honey. You never watched Chuck. I've seen about five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Love the show, but I like those five episodes. Yeah. They're I good. still haven't watched last three, two because I was really angry yeah. about how they were ending the show. But. Bummer. Um, quotes? Quotes, quotes, quotes. 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 Uh, mine's pretty simple. Uh, Shazam. Mine I already mentioned. Say my name. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that moment. I really do. Uh, I love a good telegraph joke. Like, oh, this is what's coming. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have the exact of it, but the moment where he's first meets Billy, uh, Freddie does, and he gets him twice about his disability and thinking he has cancer. <laughs> yeah. And that moment where it was like, I'm sorry, Billy Batson. You've just been like overshadowed for at least the first third of this movie oh, with that, that introduction. That's my moment. Um, the whole like the the oh, that's a far fall. Believe me, I know. He pushed me. <laughs> I'm just it gets real Game of Thrones around here. <laughs> oh, that kid's so good. Um, review system for today. How many <laughs> and what kind of toy Batman would you throw at this movie? Batman. It's a scene from the movie. How many different toy Batman would you throw at them? And what kind of Batman? Mm. There's so many versions of Batman. I know. Oh, I can go. I can go. I would. I would throw one from each iteration in very like from smallest to largest. Just okay. Yeah. There you go. I think there'd be a really big Batman at some point you throw in, but I like. Yeah, it. yeah. No, like it's gonna get crazier and crazier. Yeah. In the movie. Okay. Do you have something? No, I have to think about all the different versions of Batman. I I would take a uh, a really nice Batman black and white statue. If Ooh. you're familiar with like the black and white statues that DC does, where they take them and they just paint everything black and white as opposed to the full color. Yeah, like one of those really nice like uh, buy it new would be thirty bucks. Buy it from Comic Con would be like eight hundred bucks. Like yeah, one yeah. of those. I'd take one of those and lightly just kind of lob it at the movie. More like a gift, but I have to throw it at it. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not fulfilling my thing. But like, hey, I love this Batman statue. And I love you. Have uh, it. I hope it doesn't break when I throw it at you. Yeah. Catch, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go with Batman Forever, Batman. Ooh. Ow. Whatever. <laughs> no, good. No, you're you're a throwing good. a Val Kilmer Batman at it? Yeah, Val Kilmer Batman. Because, again, I still think that's a great Batman. He looked amazing in the role. He had a certain amount of kitsch to him. He knew when to lean into his comic book lines and when to just kind of be Batman. Like, he, I really like that movie. I can't argue with your defense of it, but I still, I, I'm always going to have a problem <laughs> with the version of Batman until they finally let him turn his goddamn neck. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it annoys the bejesus yeah, out well, of Well, he me. got to do that when he was tactical Batman during Christian Bale years. In the second movie. They still did a whole full movie of... Huh? Yeah, no, he didn't figure it out until movie two. Yeah, whatever. It's still like, I think that Batman Forever is a great level of cheese for Batman. You haven't gone full Batman Mastercard like the other, like Batman and Robin bullshit, but you got the kitsch. Oh right, this is why Superman works alone. Oh, God, that's <laughs> such a bad movie <laughs> that I've seen so many times. Oh, Which I imagine one? a Blu-ray transfer yeah. of Batman and Robin. Yeah, I don't remember i haven't seen that movie i don't want to watch that movie very many times i mean neither do i i imagine I just the blu-ray transfer of those movies would just be just exquisite to look at from color we have and, them on blu-ray they're not yeah, bad yeah yeah they're yeah. not bad they're okay i mean batman forever looks better because it was just a better movie yeah, yeah. It, that was the movie that schumacher wanted to make and then batman and robin was 
Schumacher trying to do Schumacher and everyone else going, no, we need to sell more toys and you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that. Talk about being noted to hell. I'll watch no. Batman Forever again, but I don't want to watch Batman Forever. I would watch them both. No. <laughs> you kind of have to. I mean, it's oh, terrible. There's too many nipples in it. This is weird. The nipples come from Batman Forever, the movie you were just defending. Anyhow, but it's not. Uh, but they don't have all so many resting shots like they do in Batman and Robin. Uh, sure. I think you're wrong, but I'd have to watch them Okay, both. we have to w- keep track. Yes! <laughs> Drink every time there's a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Two. You have to see both. I regret to inform you. I regret to inform you. The podcast is over because oh they died. God. That would be the weirdest way to, for CBD to ever be called on CPD to be called on us. I'd be kind of proud called. of it. Like parents were so drunk while playing a drinking game to Batman and Robin. <laughs> Anyhow, we've totally gone off the rails. I think it's time to do plugs <laughs> and say goodbye. Uh, so be sure to listen to all of our shows on the ATH Network, which have been crushing it. Uh, we have, of course, Venture Bros. Samwise, Demon Days, and Damage Boost. Uh, special shout out to Damage Boost because it's our newest show, and Brock has been doing a great job. Uh, he had a two-hour episode, which we released in the Venture Brothers feed and also on the Damage Boost feed. Uh, y- you got to check it out. It was a very, really, really heartfelt, great conversation about both video games and about mental health, oddly enough, it came up. Uh, and then uh, he just did an episode two weeks ago with Alex Arona, from uh, a friend of mine from college, and that episode was also great. Although Alex is really into Bomberman, which I don't know, think I know anyone who's into Bomberman, uh, but apparently Alex loved the shit out of it. So huh. I guess good to know someone did. Um, that's all I really have to plug. You know, it's a weird game. Each version is just different enough to be tough to latch onto if you've done the previous one and you always never know how to play it but someone else playing against you does and they beat I don't know I've never had fun with it I hate Bomberman <laughs> um, but now that we're even farther off the rails I'm gonna say goodbye goodbye make sure you go check out Shazam because it was great remember when we were talking about that half so an hour much ago fun. bye Batman Robin sucks hey.